0: Today, we're going to look at forgetfulness. How easy it is to forget. What is something that you usually forget that you shouldn't? My keys. <laughs> With Mrs. Camper, it's the keys. <laughs> That's why she had a whistle and said of keys, and she'd whistle and they'd come, she'd make a noise. <laughs> what else? <laughs> there is something that you... I've found it with me, maybe you're not like me <laughs> in that. But if you owe somebody, you usually forget that. But if they owe you, <laughs> you never forget that. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's something. You know, I, I know some, some folks that, that owe me from 40 years ago. They'll never pay it. Well, they will one day. <laughs> but <clears throat> it, was a, it was the price of a new car. That, and I was only about 18 years old, and they didn't pay me. And and and, and they were SDA. It was the SDAs actually, <laughs> Seventh Day Adventists. Uh, and I went past the site uh, about a year ago, and I thought, "Yeah, I dug that out for nothing." <laughs> that whole hill, side of the hill, was moved for an old people's home there, and just over the river, as you go through Warburton. But anyway. <clears throat> That's a long time ago and I've got by without the money. If I had mine own with interest, it would be a lot of money right now from from that 40 years ago. But it's easy to remember those things. As you you grow older, you forget but not intentionally. So young people, when dad and mum or someone a little older forget something or an appointment or something about you or yours or anniversaries, uh, forgive them. Usually it's not intentional. Isn't that right? Yeah, the the older people are nodding, the young people aren't. (laughs) Remember, remember is don't forget. One day, (laughs) this won't happen when we get a new body. Glorious day. Over the past week, we've been reminded of the Lord's death, the burial and the resurrection. We remember at Easter those things this week, and they've, fell, they've fallen on the same week. We have had Anzac Day, a day to remember. It was good to see Brother Langlands marching this week. Uh, we, we've missed him for a few years down there, but he managed to march down the street in the Vietnam vets uh, in, in along with them, and he, he was keeping file, he was keeping rank, <laughs> it seemed. He, was, he, he went all the way down there. And did that, but it's good to be thankful and remember people of past that have given us our freedom. We could have been overtaken by the Japanese. It, it, was, on, it was planned. <laughs> Put it that way, and we can see their intentions by what they did up there in Darwin, Sydney, other places. They tried to venture in, even down in down Victoria. There, I was reading about a ship that was sunk by a submarine. Um, But we remember those men who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom and we want to be thankful for that. The Lord instituted the Lord's table at the Last Supper and he said, this do as often as you drink it in what? Remembrance of me. Um, We do this so we're continually reminded lest we forget Because we easily forget. Uh, Let's not have this remembrance service as an institutionalized thing, as a traditional thing. Let's not minimize the importance of it. Uh, Some churches do it every week, as often as you will, it says in Scripture. We do it every second week, one in the morning, one in the evening. But it's there to remind us of the cost of our eternity, of our eternal life. Uh, I noticed as I was looking through the books of Jeremiah, and I went there because Jeremiah was written before the exile of the people of Israel from, from the land of Israel, Sorry, Isaiah was. (laughs) Um, Jeremiah was involved in it. He was in the exile. So Isaiah was written before and Jeremiah during the exile. And what Israel was doing prior or just prior to their captivity and during their captivity. Let's go there to the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah and look at a few references. And it's interesting. You know what they did? They... What are we talking about this morning? They forgot... (laughs) They forgot. They forgot. <laughs> and they keep on forgetting. They kept on forgetting. And this is something that comes up over and over again in the books. In the reading this morning, it started almost with the word forget. <laughs> we turn to Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 14 and 15. <coughs> and we read in verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. You know, everything was going wrong, and so they blamed God for it. (laughs) They said, He's forgotten us. And then in verse 15, Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. You see, they may forget, but I will not. They were trying to blame God, and God was saying, it's all on your shoulders, you have forgotten. And verse 16 reads, Behold, uh, I have graven thee upon the palm of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) God had engraven them on the palm of his hands. (laughs) Why do you write on your hand? Why, why? <laughs> lest we forget? <laughs> That's why we write, you know, notes to ourselves, are usually on the back. But it's like God has engraved it, and us, and God's people, on His hand, and He doesn't forget us. If the if everything's gone wrong, it's us. It's our sin. So <clears throat> remember this: chapter fifty-one and verse thirteen of Isaiah. Fifty-one and verse thirteen. We read this. And forgettest the Lord, thy maker, who has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? In other words, they could see the Babylonians. They could see, the, well, first of all, the Assyrians then the Babylonians coming and they were, they were the oppressors and they were fury, uh, fearful of the fury of the oppressor. And forgettest the Lord thy maker. How can we forget God when <clears throat> there is continual reminder everywhere we look, up, down, round, in, of his handiwork? That's what Psalm 19 is about, isn't it? <laughs> look up, look out, look in. You see the handiwork of the maker. How can you forget God? And why are you fearful of the oppressor? Because you've forgotten God and the oppressor's coming in. And they hear He's coming. Even even like Israel now has got to the point where there's enough people preaching it and telling them over there that Gog is on her way, Russia is coming down, and even the politicians are all ears about that. And so they are a little on edge. In Israel, You, you you dare not. Well, you can. You can live in the north of Israel. But that's right where where they're coming through. That's what it says in the scriptures. And they're fearful of that. And why? Because they have, as a nation, what? Forgotten God. A long time they've forgotten God. (laughs) They think they are worshipping him, the Orthodox people. But he does not go with that sort of worship. Chapter 17 and verse 10 of Jeremiah. 17 and verse 10. Because, th- because thou hast forgotten the God of thy salvation and hast not been mindful of the rock of thy strength therefore shalt thou plant pleasant plants and shalt set it with strange slips <laughs> it's like they're planting all these trees and things and it ends up being something from the nursery that they diddled you with it wasn't the right slip <laughs> Lord willing I'll be working this week in a place where they slip millions of these sort of things. And it's interesting to see how it all works. Some they put the seeds in, some they put the slips in. And they put them about that far apart, down the row, and they sit there and they back up the hill. Sometimes they've got little trolleys that got little engines on them to do it, to sit down and plant the slips. And here they planted slips, they were false slips, they were provided the wrong uh, <coughs> slip to put in. Why? Because they'd forgotten God. God saw to it that things didn't work right for them. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 32. We go to Jeremiah now, chapter 2 and verse 32. So Isaiah is prior to them going into exile and they could see the oppressor coming. In Jeremiah, it's happening. And Jeremiah was right in the middle of it all. Yet God delivered him through it. In verse 32, we read this. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. (laughs) It would be like a bride turning up and not being decked out to a wedding. You know, who's this? Oh, this is just one of the commoners coming in. She's not all dressed up. She's forgotten ornaments and the dress and everything else. And that's what God said Israel has done. They've forgotten me days without number. Okay, let's make it personal. (laughs) This week... How many times did you forget to read the Bible? How many times did you and I forget to pray? It's, that's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? And we've forgotten God days without number, and then you get a little conviction, a little tweak to your conscience, and oh, I must read the Bible. So where was I? And then I'll read, I'll read all the days I miss but you know you can't take all that in and God doesn't have you experience the things you do did that day and you can't relate them to scripture if you haven't read the scriptures You know how often has it been you've read the Bible and that day something from one of the verses in the scripture it, it happens you, you don't want to read Job too often <laughs> because it can happen the afflictions can come so I've, I've often said that oh, that's a tough one <laughs> I pray that that's not the verse that's fulfilled it's this one over here you know. we want the blessings and not the troubles and tribulations but days without number chapter 13 of Jeremiah and verse 25 Jeremiah thirteen twenty-five. we read this <clears throat> this is thy lot well now we've got to back up to get it in context and, and back up to verse 22 And if thou say in thine heart, why come these things upon me for the greatness of thine iniquity are the, thy skirts discovered and thy heels made bare? In other words, they have been revealed for what they really are. Huh. And why have they come upon us because of that? Can the Ethiopian change his skin? or the leopard he spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. What an accusation (laughs) of God to his people. Just like the leopard can't change his spots, neither neither the Ethiopian, his skin, neither can you stop doing evil. Why? Read on. Therefore will I scatter them as the stubble that passes away by the wind of the wilderness. This is thy lot, the portion of thy measure from me, saith the Lord, because thou hast forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. That's why it's happened to you. And that's why you cannot stop doing evil. You've forgotten me. You've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it current. You've got to be living the Christian life constantly, daily. Just as you have, a, well, most of us, breakfast, dinner and tea, Every day, and if you forget one, it doesn't take long for your stomach to remind you you've forgotten, need to eat or drink or, or something of that nature. <clears throat> so it ought to be in a Christian life. The, the spiritual worms rattle us and say, I'm hungry for something. I'm hungry for something to be fed, to feed my soul. Let's go to chapter 18 that we read in our reading this morning. And verse 15, 18, 15. Because my people have forgotten me and have burned incense to vanity, they have caused them to stumble in the ways from the ancient paths, to walk in paths in a way not cast up. This is not the way they should be walking. The road hasn't been made that way. (laughs) It's not cast up. To make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing, everyone that passes by it shall be stoned and wag his head. I will scatter them as with the east wind. And this is coming up often. When they forgot God, God scattered them. I'll show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Then said they, this is what they said, who were doing evil and had forgotten God, to the man that was preaching the truth, said, they said, come, let us devise devices against Jeremiah. Paul, uh, old Jeremiah seemed to be the only preacher around at the time because the angel went through Jerusalem searching for someone else and they come up with none and uh, against Jeremiah for the law shall not perish from the priests nor counsel from the wise nor the word from the prophet come that he thinks he's the only one that's what they were saying there he thinks he's the only one that's got the truth and that, you know, the priest and the prophet and all these other fellows have, which were giving them easy sentences, tickling the ears of the people, and telling them what they wanted, not what they needed to hear. Come, they said at the end of verse 18, and let us smite him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. And that preacher does suffer that sometimes. <laughs> and this is what these people will do. They, they, they add... Uh, sin to sin don't they they've sinned themselves they've forgotten God and when somebody speaks stands up and speaks the truth they slander him they slay him they they cause calamity to come in his life they lower him into the pit remember what happened to Jeremiah they will shut him up let's put him down in a miry pit (laughs) and when he spoke of those sort of things he'd lived that and then when they come to lift him out they had to lower like Cloth sheets down there in case they broke his skin to lift him up out of the pit. That someone at least was good enough to say, Get him out of there. And it was only increasing the problems that come upon them. Another verse we won't turn to is Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. And Hosea was a pre exilic prophet before they went into captivity. God's people, he said, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They have forgotten. God's law and he forgetteth them as a cause as a consequence. And that is there and also in eight fourteen. Lest we forget lest we forget. Let's not us, let us not forget what God has done for us. Just as we remember our soldiers, just as we remember the Lord's table, let's not forget what it costs the Lord for our salvation. Remember, first of all, if you've got your bulletin there, there's, I think there's blanks to fill out today. <coughs> yes. Remember the love, that thought of our salvation. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through to 11. Romans 5 and 6 through to 11, it says this. <coughs> For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were were yet sinners Christ died for us. (laughs) While we were yet sinners, the love. And this is verse 8 where we find that God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we yet sinners, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ephesians 2, 8, uh, 4 and eight or four through to eight. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even while we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's now, that's that's present tense. That's He's raised us up and we can think about eternal and heavenly things because we've been saved, we've been born again because of his great love. Remember the love that thought of it. And Brother Tony was doing the adult class this morning about love. We serve the Lord because we love him. Not because we're commanded to love, although we are commanded to love. But we serve him because of our love for him and what he has done. Reciprocal, isn't it? (laughs) We love him because he first loved us. Remember the love that thought of it. And and all this happened back in eternity. Before there was a man on earth, before there was an earth, God had it all thought through. God loved us knowing that we'd be a bunch of rebels (laughs) from birth, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, it says in Scripture. But yet he still loved us. We can't comprehend such love. The world doesn't understand that love, As Tony said this morning. It doesn't get it. They are blinded to these things. So remember the love that thought of our salvation and the cost of it. Remember the leaven, if you want the second word there, leaven, leprosy, Sin, whatever, I think leaven fits in there, which represents sin, that sought this sacrifice that we remember, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want to know about the leaven with which we were all born with in our own hearts, and a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, you know, <laughs> really you can't be a little sinner, can you? You can be a little-sized sinner, in children are sinners, but sin is sin and one sin condemns us and in Romans chapter 1, 2 and 3 that's what Paul is about in those chapters there he's convicting everyone that they are sinners he, he concluded it with the verse we know for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and then you read the verses where he really gets to the nitty gritty of it and you you think, well, am I really that bad? <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Even our righteousnesses are as what? Filthy rags. Particularly the self-righteousness that we try to front up to God and say, now, now God, I have done this, and Tony talked about it this morning, and I've done that, and I've done the other. And the Lord will say, Department from me, ye workers of iniquity. And and in context of those verses, when they say that, you know, we've built hospitals. We've fed the poor and needy. And we can think of religions and organisations that do that, and we ought to do those sort of things, but with the right reason, <laughs> the right motive, because we're Christians, not to become Christians. But God will say, I never knew you. And they will stand there with their mouth open, but, but, but we did all this. And God will say, but you didn't receive my sacrifice for the atonement of your sin. Remember the sinfulness of our sin and the affront it is to God. As it is written in verse 10 of Romans 3, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now this is not popular, this is not politically correct to say that we're all born sinners. But it's biblical, it's God's viewpoint. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. Unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, with their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And I, <clears throat> I was t- talking to an unsaved man. It reminded me, because I'll be seeing him in the next few weeks. <clears throat> and I was witnessing to, I got to witnessing to him. He went to school with my sister, actually, an older sister. <clears throat> and he said, yeah, my sister talks to me about these things too when she lives in Perth. And I started telling him about the Lord and how we need to be forgiven of sins. And he, he straightened up. He had, he had an argument coming, I could see. <laughs> he said, but, but... And he named a person. He said, when something happened... On a job, and in, in the, this so-called Christian th- thought that he'd killed the bloke, you know, and, and he said, I heard what he said, cursings come out of his mouth. You see, unsafe people are listening of what you say. And he was saying that person called themselves a Christian, and this is what he said. When he didn't know I was listening, he thought he'd kill me. <laughs> it was around machinery and stuff. You see, we need to be careful. The old nature is still present. I'm saying Christians can sin like, like that. Where's Tony gone? <laughs> he, he went out, <laughs> okay. But he said that this morning too. But, and I was thinking, yeah, that's right. The leprosy, the leaven of sin is still in our hearts. Romans 7, Romans 6, Tony took us to and discussed there and talked about those portions of scripture. Your iniquities, Isaiah 59 and verse 2 and 12, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee and our our sin testifieth against us. And our sin testifieth against us. There is only one way, isn't there, to, to lay our sin on the Lord and let him take it and he forgives us of our sin. Not our work, but by faith we believe in what he has done. So remember the leaven in our lives, the sin that sought this great sacrifice. Remember, thirdly, the life that brought it. The life of the Lord Jesus that brought This salvation to us in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 and 39. How God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him and we all are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on a tree. (laughs) Remember the life of the Lord that brought it and though he did all these things what did they end up doing? Hang him on a tree. Hang him on a tree. He went about doing good. It, 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 it sort of boggles the mind to think that Jesus was those three years doing all those miracles and they cried as he rode up on Palm Sunday a week before his. The, there he was in the tomb you know He's king of the Jews. Hosanna to the king, they said. They laid down their coats and palm branches. And a week later, the mob of religious people incited the mob in Jerusalem at Passover. Crowds there. Crucify him, crucify him. He lived a perfect life. He had healed people in many ways. Many ways. He'd raised people from the dead. And it, it reads in Scripture that, and I thought I had it written down here, it doesn't seem I do, that all, if a, if a book had been written about all the things that the Lord Jesus did, the world could not contain it. We've got a few things, praise the Lord for the New Testament and the Gospels. But the world couldn't contain the things that he did. He went about doing good. He lived a perfect holy spotless life he got angry but righteous, righteous indignation is right twice he threw over the, the, the temple the money changers in the temple <clears throat> he came not to be to be ministered unto but to minister he came not to be served but to serve he went about this doing good <clears throat> he lived a perfect life Remember that John the Baptist said or, or asked the question when he was thrown in prison, he said, are you he or do we look for another? You see, in John's mind, this king was coming and going to establish a kingdom. And now the, the forerunner, John himself, he said, what's going on here? I'm in prison. This is not the way to get glory. This is not the way to be, establish a kingdom. He, he didn't understand what was going to happen. And then Jesus sent and told them to remind John of the things that were happening all the good deeds all the miracles that were happening the feeding of many thousands all at once and uh, John said yep you're the one (laughs) you're the one and so remember the life that brought it he didn't have to come down from heaven but he did that was all in the plan before man was created he came down and he died for our sins. He took at our place on the cross. He was crucified for us. He died a perfect death. death he lived a perfect life. So remember the life that brought it. In Hebrews 9.16. For where a testament is, there must also be of necessity the death of the testator that we looked at last week. And the, the will and testament of the Lord is that we get saved through the shedding of the perfect blood of the perfect Lamb of God, and that was assigned in eternity past. And so it was. The testator, the one that wrote the will, died for us, that we might have life. And many references, like the one in First Peter, first Peter chapter one, verse eighteen and twenty, reads this. Thus, for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who was verily foreordained like I've been saying before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you it came to pass in the fullness of times that these prophecies were fulfilled and he died for our sins a perfect life that brought our salvation. Remember that. None of us have lived a perfect life like he. Remember, remember the man that came. And Lord, all these things I've done from my youth upward. And the Lord knew his heart and knew his life backwards. And he said, <laughs> go, all, go sell all you've got and give it to the poor. <laughs> How did he know about how rich I was? <laughs> how could he put the finger on the pulse of my life so easily? <laughs> and he went away very sorrowful, didn't he? That rich, rich man. And the Lord had pity on him. And you see, they had got, riches had got his heart. Don't let it get yours. Remember, fifthly, the lowliness that wrought This salvation, and this is spoken of in Philippians, the verses we know so well, or we should know so well, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. And you read on about his exaltation. Remember the lowliness that wrought our salvation. The person, God the Son, that spoke in six days this world into existence, just spoke it. And in all the things and the creatures, whether it be microscopic or macroscopic in the universe, just by speaking it, he brought it into existence. Ex nihilo, out of nothing. That's what it says. Out of nothing, he did that. The Lord Jesus Christ, the creator. Yet he he deemed it necessary that he come down here and appropriate to take on the form of a man and to humble himself and all that time he had that power and he walked amongst them even his own kin his brothers and sisters didn't recognise it until afterward who he really was he could veil it so well (laughs) yet use it appropriately that power And he come down for what was necessary. That was what was necessary for our redemption. Nothing short of a humbled God or a God walking in humility could provide salvation for us. That's how sinful we were. That's what was necessary. So remember the lowliness that wrought it. And then... He displayed that in John chapter chapter 13 where it was one of the last times with the apostles there, the disciples and he took the basin, the towel and washed the disciples' feet and Tony touched on that too this morning about the humility and Peter was quite indignant about the Lord doing that not your place you're the Lord of heaven. Shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and then and, and you read it, chapter thirteen of John, and, and the Lord said, You've got to this is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. If you're going to be in, in charge and chief, which Peter was, then you've got to humble yourself, to be lowly. Humility is the key to salvation and it's the key to the success success in a Christian life. Mm-hmm. Willing to serve others when even they don't deserve it on our estimation. And that's God. The Lord Jesus came down willing to serve us and to minister to us even though we don't deserve it. And that's why the wrath of God will fall upon people who do not believe the way of salvation so heavily, particularly if they know a lot about salvation and they go out in eternity unsaved. So there's lowliness, remember the lowliness that brought it. So we've been prompting you to remember, 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 recall, think, meditate about these things because that's why we become appreciative of what's been done for us if we forget. You know, when you, if, you have, if you have children that forget and don't realise the sacrifices you've gone through to meet their needs and they don't appreciate it, it's not, it's not very nice for the parents to have to go through that. Is it? If you've been there. But we certain, We certainly, as parents, would appreciate the, the recognition of the service done. So, too, does God, as we humble ourselves unto him. Remember, fifthly, the light that taught it, that taught the way of salvation. Um john's gospel chapter one what does it start off with light 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 the light is coming to the world and and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil and over and over again and we did we were at the U, john and i were at the upa old people's home this week and went through that there's the revelation of light in john chapter one verse eight and twelve where jesus made that declaration i am the light of the world he made that as a his declaration And uh, there's the reception of light, or sorry, the rejection of light, as we see it in John's Gospel, chapter 3, after that wonderful verse, verse 16, John chapter 3 and verse 17 through to 19, where people reject the light that's come into the world. And we read... In verse 19, this is the condemnation that light is common to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. Oh, that the world would see the light. We remember the day that the light dawned in your soul, in your heart and mind. Can you remember the day that the light was turned on and it's... Is there is there a day? Is there a day in your life where the light came on, and you realise what God has done for you and did for you, and you receive that, and and you you're walking in darkness to that point, and the light was turned on, and some people get to that point that they see the light, they see what it means, they understand it, and they say, no thanks. No thanks. And I have a long time ago related that to one that's related to one of my relatives who three times, three times, he said, and he, 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 he told me and my brother who was talking to at that time way, way back and he said, three times this has happened to me and it's happening now. <laughs> We'd been going for about two hours talking about the Lord. And he, he named... One, one of them was Bill Grant talked to him before he started the church at Penella talked to this man and I was there that night and it went for hours and he was debating and then this man went quiet and just listened he said something inside of me was convicting me this light, this was true and another time happened in Tasmania to him he related to I'm trying to remember and another time right there then when I, we were talking to him And he rejected, rejected, rejected. He got a gun about two years later. It wasn't registered, didn't have to be in those days. In a place where he was living, they were putting him up because his life had fallen apart. He went down, leaned up on a pine tree, sat down and shot himself through the head. He rejected the light. And he said, he acknowledged that clearly. I can remember his, I know his name and everything. And as clear as day I can remember talking to him 35 years ago. You don't reject the light. You don't reject when God's Holy Spirit comes speaking, knocking on your door saying, let me enter. Open the door. If God's speaking to your heart, don't, don't put him off. And this is the condemnation, that light has come in the world and men love darkness. There's the rejection of light. There's the reception of light. John chapter 12 and verse 35, it speaks of it there. 12.35 reads then jesus said unto them yet a little while and the light is with you walk while you have the light lest darkness come upon you and you walk in darkness and know not the truth while ye have the light believe in the light praise god that most of you here today have come to the light and believe in the light and walk in the light keep walking in the light remember there was the light that turned darkness away when it was turned on in your heart my heart when we receive the lord jesus and we ought to reflect to the light as well <laughs> If we've got the light, live like a Christian, in other words. Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. <laughs> a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. And the result is, like Moses, when he was in the presence of light, the presence of God himself, when he come down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, his face shone. <laughs> and then to put a veil on so the, glory, the people didn't see the glory depart. His face shone. When we've been in the presence of the Lord, our face shone shines we know you people know there's something on in your life something's different they know you're a christian rejoice in the in the liberty that accompanies it sorry it's made me backs give me heaps. <laughs> a good old pulpit <laughs> holds me up <clears throat> rejoice in the liberty that accompanies this salvation and Tony was right all over that and has been in the book of Galatians for a while. In Galatians 5.1, Stand fast therefore in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. Free from trying to keep the law to get to be saved and to be Christians. And don't be entangled again with a yoke of bondage trying to work your way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rejoice in the liberty that accompanies salvation. But don't use liberty as a license to do what you think you can do I'll finish this real quick respond with the loyalty to his commands is the last one we've got there in the outline if you love me keep my commandments if you love me keep my commandments that's what God wants of us it's not asking much after all that he's done for us and respond with loyalty to him this week when sin comes knocking the old devil gives a way of uh, tempting you say what no i'm not going to do it i'm going to be loyal to the god who loved me and gave himself for me keep remembering that how often do you have to do that regularly consistently putting off the old man putting on the new man it, wouldn't it be great if it was just a one-time thing when i got saved it all went and I was, <laughs> oh yeah legally we're right before god it does we're saved and we're saved for eternity but the old man's still with us and he keeps and, and de- the devil uses the old man and the world the flesh and the devil to try to get us to disobey and be disloyal to god and god is there saying no son daughter go this way walk in the way of light Liberty. I pray that you're loyal to the Lord for all that He's done. As we remember fallen soldiers, as we remember the Lord's sacrifice on Calvary, we cannot but respond in love if we're true blue believers, and say, "Thank you, Lord. No sacrifice will be too great for the Christian that thinks that way." Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word and Pray that we all would appropriate it and not do what they did in Jeremiah and Isaiah's day, where they said, Well, let's knock the prophet off. Let's throw him in a dungeon. Let's kill him. Thank you, Lord, that you have those that back up the prophet and encourage them. Thank you, Lord, for your way of giving us a mind that can remember and think and meditate on things past way before our time, that happened, that have an effect upon our lives for eternity. I pray, Lord, if there's someone here that's unsaved, may the light be turned on in their heart today. May their soul be enlightened and become that individual, triparted being that's body, soul and spirit fully alive, liberated from, from the destruction that's coming upon the unsaved, liberated from our sin and from a way of salvation of works liberated to serve the Lord Jesus. We ask and pray and give thanks in his precious name. Amen.